This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Interesting there that if Q Sports does get a foothold at the Olympics, and you only feel it's a matter of time before we do see the sport at the Olympics, it's been at the World Games, which is often a test event for sports trying to get to the Olympic Games, that 10 ball will be the point of view. My next guest grew up in the Netherlands, and he actually won the US 10-ball Open Championships back in 2019 and beat some of the very best players in the world to do it. Recently, in fact, earlier this year, in Las Vegas, he beat Shane Van Boning. Knocked him out. Shane Van Boning is considered to be the greatest player in the game. The Tiger Woods of the sport. 60 Minutes in the United States have done a documentary on him. But beaten by New Zealand's own well, he's 49% Kiwi, he's 51% Dutch. Marco Toysha, Marco joins us. Marco, good afternoon, welcome. Hey Mark, how are you doing? Good. I was going to say, uh, the fact now that the IOC, the Olympics have said 10 ball is the point of view going forward, does that make that achievement of yours winning that US Open 10 ball champions even, even more special now? Um, I mean, of course, it's, it's nice to get that recognition um, that the game is like... Uh, um, you know, come up more than than what it was before, especially when it was able before. But I mean, you know, like every win is a win, and you know, just try to win everything. Um, for me personally, it doesn't really matter. But I love the game ten ball, so it's like one of my favorite games. What's what? I mean, other than an extra ball on the table, how yeah. different is nine ball from ten ball? Uh, it's a, it's a huge difference. Yeah, it's um, yeah. First of all, there's no luck involved. Um, and second and all, it's like the break is like such a difference. It's like there's like way more um, because it's a try. The wreck is in is is wrecking in triangle, um, and there's just the spread of the balls. They're just not um, they're not going as open as as with nine ball. With nine ball, it's quite we call it the light wreck. So the wreck is you know when you hit the ball, you hit the first ball. Usually it opens quite easily. And with ten ball, you just have to hit it at like you know like a way way harder than uh, than with any other uh, format so um you, you know when you get more problems on the table you get more you know more more uh more quality pool i would say so it's not as lo- as many runouts but more uh, more defending more safeties more jumps it's yeah so it's i think i think there's like more game uh, with 10 ball than uh, than you get with nine ball now you've been overseas you're working these days for q sports yeah. in this country and not necessarily the full-time athlete that you once were, but you're still getting some extraordinary results. And earlier in the year, you beat Shane Van Boning again. Shane is considered to be sort of the Tiger Woods of the sport. As I said, 60 Minutes in the United States have done a piece on him. How special is it just playing these guys and how special is it beating some of the greats? I mean, it's, maybe it sounds arrogant, but, you know, I've been I've been around the game for like 20 years, 20, 21, 22 years. Um and I think the last, I think the last five, six years, I've been feeling like real comfortable, comfortable playing those guys. So it's like, for me personal, it doesn't really feel like special to play those guys. It's usually the first, the first game that usually uh, takes some time to just settle in in the match. But after than that, you know, like, yeah, I feel like I'll be like 
you know, I'll be like, it's like a 50-50% match against all those players. That's the way how I feel about it. I mean, my, my game is, uh, is like really, uh, really improved in the last um, last couple of years. And I think mentally and especially with a full-time job, I have no, um, no financially stress. So um, I just have the game. I just probably not as sharp as normal, but... Um, yeah, I think just you know I can still compete on the highest level, and I've, yeah, it's not it's always nice to win to beat players like that, but it's not it's not as special as people may think it is. You know, I, I it's always like really nice to win, but yeah, I feel that uh, about a lot of players. Mm. We were just talking to Bernie Andres talking about the split uh, that's happening in nine ball. We've got the WPA the World Pool Billiard Association, who recently met in Qatar. And they have said that any player that gets involved in matchroom going forward will be banned from their sanctioned events. Yeah, Is this split good for the sport? Is it going to force both organisations at some point to find some common ground? Or did the WPA just simply have no choice here? Um, Yeah, it's a good one. I mean... You know, it's, I think for, I don't know if it's good or bad. It's it's hard to say. I mean, uh, you know, the WPA is like the the main the main people in the in the business because it's the it's the the World Federation. Uh, Metrum does a great job with their events. Uh, always been enjoying playing the the major events from them. Um, but it's 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 really hard to say for me. I mean. Yeah, I, I just it just sucks for the players that really that really play a lot of tournaments. So if you play if you're like a full time pool player and you just travel around the world like like forty fifty tournaments overseas a year, it's like it's gonna make a big impact on your on your on your income. Uh, for me personally, it doesn't really affect me too much because I play the events that I want to play. I just mainly play the major events and and the tournaments in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think I don't know. Somehow it's like I think competition is always good in any kind of business. So um, I, I I see in the last in the last few months they've been increasing the price money a lot. Um, so the federations it's just you know I think if Metro if Metro wants to compete with the WPA they probably have to put the price money up, which is good for the players. Um, but if it's good or bad, I'm not really sure. Eh? It's like it's a bit different for me right now in in my situation, but. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but but I think I think you make a good point. It forces everybody to sharpen their pencils, and competition is a good thing. And we've seen yeah. it, we've seen it in golf, and we've seen the split there. And now both organisations have come together. So hopefully, common yeah. sense prevails. And yeah. I think more importantly think for the world P, PBA uh, world for the WPA that you know get the sport at the Olympic Games, and I think that'll be a game changer. Yeah, that's for sure. I think just bending the players, that's like, and just putting fines on the players, it's a bit it's a bit harsh. Uh, in my opinion, but I don't know that. I think competition is good, and yeah, what I said is really hard for me to say um, what is good and what is bad. But I just hope um, I hope just the supporters keep growing. I mean, there's a big improvement like than uh, than than 10, 15 years ago. So like the tournaments are better run, uh, uh, more prize money. Um, so yeah, hopefully yeah. it's keep going like that, and hopefully they find a way uh, to make it work. Marco, you grew up in the Netherlands from Eindhoven. You've yep. been out here now for some years. You're working for Masse. You're heavily involved in coaching and the development of the sport here. You've shown everybody the standard that exists internationally and 
it's forced the likes of Sullivan Clark and stuff and everybody to lift their game. But in around about two weeks or just under two weeks' time, you're going to play against Australia in a test yep. match. You're going to be wearing the colours of New Zealand. How special is that going yep. to be? Oh, that's it's like that's like yeah, that's like more special for me than uh, than beating Shane. To be honest, I mean, you know, I, I've been living here for like six years, and I love New Zealand. Um, yeah, I just uh, I just can't wait to represent New Zealand in the in the major events as well. So um, to start to start this year with the with the first um, yeah first competition to actually represent New Zealand and to try to get the title to New Zealand for New Zealand. It's like yeah, that that means a lot to me. I mean, uh, yeah, I love this country, so it's, um, I'm really excited for that one. You know the national anthem? No, not really. <laughs> I, 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 I listened. I have listened to it because I was just curious about it, and I think I just want to. But it's uh, I don't get it yet. Oh, I'm dying to see a Dutchman lead the Harker too. Exactly. <laughs> hey. hey, um. What do you know about the Aussies? We're owned by the Australians, so I know there'll probably be some Aussies listening to this. Are we going to beat the Aussies up? Are they good at Q Sports? Yeah, the Aussies, they have a lot of good um, good players. Uh, I think a lot of them come from like the snooker background and uh, from the English pool. Uh, they have a lot of sharp players. Um, but um, I will make sure the trophy stays in New Zealand. Oh, you're a good man, Marco. You are a good man. All right, mate, I'll let you get back to the table. I know that you do practice anywhere from eight to ten hours a day. And um, we look forward to catching up in around about two weeks' time. All right. Thank you so much, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you. 25 and a half minutes after two. I I cannot explain how good these guys are. Um, The subtleties that go with Q Sports, they break. They normally sink a ball off the break. They normally bring the... Well, Marco normally brings the cue ball back into the middle of the table off the break. They then map the table and they can pretty much figure out every single shot. First shot they take after the break, how that's going to lead to the second shot, the third shot, the fourth shot. They will get to a ball and they'll think, actually, there's not a pocket for that ball five shots from now. So somewhere in the next four shots, I need to move it. And they have this remarkable ability to move that ball while still potting the ball they're targeting and cleaning the table. It is unbelievable what these top players can do, like all sport at the elite level.